Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. Welcome in. Good morning on this Friday morning, the end of the longest week of all time. There's still ice out, uh, at least on the roads and in the yard in front of my house, and it's been here for an entire week. Just unprecedented in the state of Mississippi, but it is the end of the week, and I'm glad that you are with me. Welcome in to Mike in the Morning. I am Michael Borky, as part of your uh, sports coverage from Super Talk Mississippi. Glad that you are with me. And, yeah, we're playing baseball this weekend. I mean, yesterday, if you listened, I did not think that this was going to happen. In fact, I I doubted it. Totally, completely doubted that we were going to play baseball this weekend. And, I I mean, I guess there's still a chance that they don't, but the teams are, are flying into Dallas. They are preparing to play these games, and uh, that's, of course, is a good thing. I was pessimistic yesterday, not so much... Uh, today, obviously, because if they're traveling, that means they're preparing uh, to play. So that's good. Um, obviously, that's very, very good. So forgive my pessimism yesterday, and uh, glad that you are with me this morning. Before we get started, I've got a few things for you. One, we're going to talk about uh, a little nugget. A little nugget uh, about the travel plans for Ole Miss and Mississippi State to this tournament in Arlington. I had an idea, by the way, in case this got canceled. I'll tell you what that is coming up. Uh, And then also Josh Heupel, back in the news for um, some missteps uh, in the recruiting side of things uh, that got exposed again last night. His tenure at Tennessee, not off to a good start at all. Um, for Josh Heupel, at least optically. Now, you can get past bad optics, it's February. You know, if you start winning games in September, then it it really doesn't matter. But so far, optics-wise, not a good start for the new Tennessee head coach. And if there is time, if there is time, I'll get to the Carson Wentz trade because there's some interesting angles to take from that. Apparently, Chicago was a suitor, but then they could only get uh, two picks out of Wentz from... Indianapolis, and one of them is conditional. So, um, interesting situation there. Everybody does the whole who won the trade thing. Well, it kind of feels like one of those situations where both teams kind of got what they wanted. The Eagles got rid of a really bad contract. The Colts got a capable quarterback, at least I think, and they didn't really have to give up a whole lot to get them. So, I mean, you have people that are going to divide their lines and, you know, who won the trade and all that stuff. I don't know if anybody did. I think this is one of those situations where everybody kind of got what they wanted and it's not some some kind of blockbuster situation. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. And also, forgive me, uh, the changing weather and stuff has killed my sinuses. So I'm trying to mute uh, myself anytime something like that comes up. I know I probably sound terrible. Forgive me for that. It's sinuses. Happens to me a couple times a year. I, I'm downing DayQuil and, and all that stuff and uh, trying to get past it. So hopefully by Monday, next time you see me, or if you listen to the Sunday show, I appreciate that if you do, uh, I'll be a little bit better. But for now, I'm kind of struggling through. This is like the Jordan flu game for me, although I hadn't had pizza yet. 
Um, is that the most disappointing thing? I mean, that documentary was great, right? The uh, the Last Dance, Michael Jordan documentary. But the flu game was just like some kind of like sports myth, you know? I mean, we looked at that game as if it was, you know, like above humanity, right? I mean, the guy's got the flu, he's getting IVs, he can barely stand up, and yet he goes and plays like that in a playoff game, and now we've learned it's it wasn't the flu at all. It, he ate he ate a bad pizza. Yeah, I mean, that just destroys what it was such a cool sports story, you know? And the documentary, we learned that, yeah, it's just he, he had he had bad pizza, and uh, so it wasn't the flu at all. I mean, battling through food poisoning is still pretty, you know, pretty awesome, but it's just the flu game sounds way better than the bad pizza game. You know what I mean? It just ruined it for me. Wayne, what's up, man? Good morning. Yeah, and uh, for those of you watching on the stream, this is uploaded in podcast form. Don't forget, just search my name. You can find it there. And if you're listening in podcast form, we do go live on stream Facebook, live, Periscope, and soon-to-be YouTube as well. Um, I don't know how that's going to work, the whole YouTube subscriber thing. We'll see if I can get people to actually subscribe to my YouTube channel. I know that is a preferred method of choice for a lot of you, as some of you have told me. It's, uh, It's actually YouTube. It's not so much the social media channels. So we're going to add that soon. It just takes extra steps compared to the social media to uh, for me to get this stream on there. But I'm working on it. I promise I'm working on it. But it is good to be with you this morning. They are planning to play baseball this weekend. That's the plan. They're traveling. And that little nugget we learned yesterday on the radio show, it has since you know made it around, that uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, in order to make travel easier for everybody, they have consolidated and they are meeting in Birmingham. I guess Memphis wasn't an option for Ole Miss, but they are going to be taking the same plane. That's right. Ole Miss, Mississippi State baseball teams will be flying on the same plane that has enough room for social distancing and all that stuff for the two teams. And they will be flying to Dallas together. And, um, you know, this always leads to jokes and people being fun on the internet and stuff. Uh, it cracks me up, though, because um, people want their teams to hate each other the same way they hate their rival. And, like, you know, I've seen people say, like, oh, I got to get on that plane, or oh my gosh, could you imagine the tension that's going to be on that plane? There, there won't be any. I hate to rate on that parade. I know rivalries are fun and stuff, and I should be building that up. The, you know, they should stare each other down, and oh, how can how can these two bitter rivals share a plane? Oh, because they all probably kind of like each other. I mean, they're like-minded people. They don't really have a reason to hate each other. They're probably friends in most cases. I mean, you've got guys from Mississippi on both teams. They probably grew up, played travel ball together and stuff like that, and played against each other, and they're probably mostly pretty friendly to each other. Um, you know, if you want to seat on that plane to see what the tension's going to be like, you're going to be really disappointed. And this applies even to football, even though we've had brawls and stuff like that. The football teams don't hate each other the way that the fans want them to. It's not really like that. And it's definitely, I don't think anyway, it's definitely not like that in baseball. So it's a cool story. Like I think it's kind of funny, you know, them sharing a plane to, to Dallas together. But if you're like, if you're one of those people that thinks there's going to be all kinds of like tension and how can they share a plane? Ooh, that's going to be weird. It, it won't be. They're, they're probably pretty friendly with each other. 
if I had to guess. In baseball, I mean, there's rivalries in baseball, but it's still not really like that anyway. But yeah, they're it'll be fun. Mostly, uh, mostly just them hanging out, and, you know, watching TikTok or whatever, and you know, maybe talking a little bit, but it, it won't be any different. So that is really cool, though. I find it funny, and it's really smart actually for them to consolidate travel. And, um, you know, make sure that they both can get there. There was a uh, word circling around, uh, circulating, I don't know, uh, yesterday that Mississippi State's team hotel didn't have running water. Now, if that's the case, uh, that's either been restored since yesterday or I don't know how they're going to handle it. That was really the root of my pessimism was, uh, you know, news stories about how there were millions without power or water or heat and stuff like that. And then a lot of these hotels were being flooded with people that didn't have those. So they filled up the hotels and then the hotels didn't function. And I just, I didn't think they were going to be able to pull this off, but they're traveling. So I guess things have been restored and they found accommodations. So that, that is, uh, of course, very, very good. But the flying together storyline is, is just that they're just sharing a plane. It's uh it's nothing bigger than that. At least I don't think so. I could be dead wrong, but I uh, I do not think so. All right, turning the page to football. Oh, forgive me. I'm really struggling this morning. Uh, turning the page to football, I, I teased this a second ago. Josh Heupel's off to a really bad start at Tennessee. So if you guys remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago, the early signing period. I think I've always thought they needed to make one adjustment to the early signing period, and that's if a player signs with a school in the early period, and their coach leaves, they should be automatically let out of their letter of intent. That is not currently the rule as it sits, but it should have been. And then I said when Tennessee fired Jeremy Pruitt, right here on this uh, little show here, that every Tennessee player, if they want to go somewhere else, should be allowed to go somewhere else. And here we are with that exact situation, a Tennessee player, two of them, wanting to get out of those letters of intent that they signed back in December, assuming they were going to play for Jeremy Pruitt. And as you guys know, NCAA trouble. Tennessee's in deep NCAA trouble. Jeremy Pruitt gets fired. A couple players want out of their letters of intent, and they have not been granted that. So this story last night, Dylan Brooks, he's a linebacker. He's from Alabama, but signed with Tennessee. Blue-chip linebacker, really good player. He has officially requested his release from his national letter of intent one month ago, 30 days ago. He requested that release from his letter of intent. Reading from AL.com, they have yet to release him. Uh, He wrote in a text message to the author of this article. His high school coach, Larry Strain is his name, also said that he has not heard from Tennessee or Josh Heupel at all. Here's a quote from him. He said, quote, they have not called me a single time. Isn't that ironic? I've been doing this for 30 years. Obviously, this particular situation is different, but I really don't know anything other than what I'm hearing through Dylan. Um, His team, Handley High School, won the state championship in Alabama in 4A. He did sign, like I said, with Tennessee. He uh, he didn't publicly release that, uh, but he did sign on the early signing day with Tennessee And when Tennessee fired Jeremy Pruitt, he almost immediately asked out of his letter of intent. Um, Cody Brown, 
was a running back that signed with Tennessee that was released from his letter of intent, but Brooks has not gotten his yet. Um, his high school coach has received multiple calls from other colleges wondering you know, what the holdup is because they'd like to recruit his player. Apparently Auburn has been one of those schools, but uh, his high school coach said his player's kind of in limbo right now. Um, if he hadn't signed that letter of intent, he could go wherever he wants, of course. Um, but he has to wait because Tennessee hasn't really acted and communicated at all with this particular player. Now, this isn't the first recruiting story. You guys may remember uh, during the early signing period, a day before early signing day, um, no, it wasn't a day before early signing day. It was a day before regular signing day. Um, they cut a kid that was currently committed to Tennessee and told him that they did not have a spot for him. And if you remember, I actually defended that. Because while that's devastating, and apparently the player did find a new home, which is good, um, that's kind of the business of it. If you're a college football coach, especially in the SEC, and there's a player that's committed to your school that was committed to the previous coach that you don't want, that you don't think is good enough, you have to let him go. You should do that sooner. Like the day before signing day is really shady and, and really bad. But Heupel's not the first coach to do that, and he won't be the last. I mean, let's be honest here. The, the kid signed with Memphis. Uh, you know, he wasn't, Heupel didn't think he was good enough to play at Tennessee, so he let him know he didn't have a spot available. That's just the SEC. It's kind of cutthroat. It's unfortunate that that happened to the kid. I hate that that happened to the kid, but it's cutthroat. That's what happens in this league. But this situation in particular is getting a lot of media attention because why will you not let this player out of his letter of intent? There's, he doesn't want to play there. He doesn't want to play for you. There's been really bad communication, and this should happen. Now, there's been an update to this story. Apparently now, uh, Dylan Brooks has been released from his letter of intent by Tennessee, but it's conditional, only under the condition that he not sign with another SEC team. So they caved to pressure, but not really. So they will not let him sign with another SEC school. And so again, Tennessee told a kid from Oxford, Alabama, so another Alabama kid, the day before signing day, that they don't want him anymore. But when a kid does this to them, they're not having it. It's hypocrisy in the highest form, and that's that's college football in a nutshell. So now Tennessee is blocking him from transferring to an SEC school. But Tennessee would have happily hired a coach from another SEC school to coach their program. It's all it's unbelievable hypocrisy. And the fact that the NCAA still to this day uh, allows this to happen is shameful. The rules should not allow this. They, they really shouldn't. Tennessee should not be allowed to dictate where this kid is allowed to go and play on scholarship. He has not enrolled at Tennessee yet. He is not a current student-athlete. He's in high school. He only signed a letter of intent. It's not like he's already there and has played some games and is practicing and has been given all the equipment and stuff. He's not there yet. And so the fact that the rules allow this to happen when he's not even a student there, that, that shouldn't be allowed. And that's something that I've screamed about so often and for, for so long.
the NCAA should not allow this to happen. But even if they allow it to happen, if you're Tennessee, you shouldn't do this. This is... Welcome to the big leagues, Josh Heupel. Every move you make, it's not like in Orlando. Forget what that television reporter said. There's no pressure cooker being the head coach at UCF, regardless of what that crazy TV reporter said. Um, There's no pressure at UCF, not like what you're getting in the SEC. Um, Every move you make, everything you do is going to be highly scrutinized and criticized, unless you're at Vanderbilt, and even then it still happens. Um, Welcome to the show. And acting like this, especially in the state of Alabama, when you've already, for lack of a a better term, um, pissed everybody off for letting a kid, or telling a kid he didn't have a spot the night before signing day, and then you're going to do this to another high-profile Alabama prospect. Do you really expect to go in that state and get any players? When you pull stuff like this? When the high school coach cannot, doesn't hear from you at all? When you don't even relay what's going on, you don't help this kid out? Welcome to the show. Every decision you make is criticized, and this is just simply a bad one. And it's it's indefensible. Dylan Brooks being blocked from transferring to another SEC school is, that I mean, that's a cop-out. That's that's cowardly, honestly. Um, this kid should be allowed to play where he wants. And the fact that he has to go through all this, when if Josh Heupel got offered the Alabama job tomorrow, he'd go take it. He can go wherever he wants, but the player who's not even in school yet cannot, never sits right with me. And this is um, just a rough start for the Tennessee head coach. I mean, just... What are you doing blocking this kid from transferring when he didn't sign to play for you? Just let him go. you're, You're causing more problems than you're solving by having him come to your campus or trying to force him to come to your campus. I mean, is that really a player that you want? Somebody that you have to manipulate the rules for to force him to show up to your campus? I mean, why? why, what is the, the point of this, I guess, is really what it comes down to. If you're Josh Heupel in Tennessee, why are you even allowing this to be a scandal? Just let him go. He didn't want to play for you. He wanted to play for Jeremy Pruitt. He can't anymore. Let him go. Yeah, he'll probably go to Auburn. Maybe he'll go to Alabama. He, he won't be the last blue chip player from the state of Alabama to go to Auburn. At some point, maybe you just accept that he doesn't want to play for you and you push him on. But doing this... I'd be, Forcing a kid to to show up to your campus like this? No. This is only creating an atmosphere of toxicity. And um, they should be embarrassed. And then to release him to non-SEC schools. What a joke. It's just a joke. And the fact that the NCAA allows this, I think that the SEC should step in and do something about this. I mean, they're very uh, strong about you know, enforcing state flag, well, one state flag, not the one over in Georgia. Um, That's just as bad. No, that one's okay because they hold the championships there. The SEC should step in and actually protect their kids every so often. That's something I'd like to see them do. Greg Sankey, behind the scenes, should call Tennessee and say, let this kid out of his LOI. It's the right thing to do. I don't know. 
I mean, maybe that's happening. Uh, maybe, maybe that's happening behind the scenes. I don't know. But if I were the commissioner of the SEC, if I had a, a position of power in the SEC or, or anywhere in college sports, uh, this would have been taken care of by now. And this rule should be changed. I don't know why it exists. I mean, talk about unintended consequences. Um, it's just nonsense. And then you get the common rebuttal from people. They'll say, well, you signed with the school and not the coach. I mean, we all know that that's not how this works. If you signed with the school and not the coach, then what's the point of recruiting? Just have them visit your campus and have them walk around and then sign with you. I mean, recruiting is years of relationship building, years of it. Um, to expect a kid to sign with the school, that, that's that's really nonsense. Um, and they should be let out of it. If they sign in the early period and their coach leaves, they should be let out of it. There is not a counter-argument that I can hear that will be acceptable uh, to not allow that to be the case. And speaking of recruiting, by the way, uh, we we talk often, and I say often, how good of a job the two staffs, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, both did in this recruiting cycle. The first real class for Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach, and... They couldn't have junior days. They couldn't have official visitors. Nobody could come to their games. Nobody could come to spring practice. They couldn't host anybody. And so the the four programs that were replacing coaches in the last cycle, Ole Miss and Mississippi State did such a good job signing their recruiting classes with all of the restrictions in place because the dead period was extended all year because of COVID. They wouldn't accept they, they weren't allowed to have any official visitors or anything like that. And Ole Miss signed a, a top, what is it, top 18 class or whatever. And it might get better if Dylan Brooks is finally let out of his LOI. Ole Miss will actually jump Tennessee. They'll be like 16. And Mississippi State's is in the top 25 last I looked. But both of those programs did a really good job navigating the inability to have any official visitors whatsoever. And I will say that till I'm blue in the face. The problem is this is extending on into 2021 now. So the NCAA has extended that dead recruiting period through May. So you cannot host an official visitor or anything around spring practice. You can't host junior days or camps or anything like that until at the earliest June 1st. And a lot of people think that might even be extended even further. And I'm not going to pretend like I've been in a position like some of these people have uh, to make decisions on when to allow visitors and stuff like that while a pandemic's going on. I don't envy the people that have to make this decision. But what this is doing, especially now that cases are absolutely plummeting, and you can travel and travel safely and visit campuses safely and social distance and all that stuff right now. You can do it safely now. Um, This is really hurting the kids. So last year, a bunch of kids signed with schools that they weren't allowed to visit. They had to see it through Zoom and just hope it's the place that they saw through their computer screen. And again, here we go again. Through May, these kids are making decisions. You guys remember this when you were making your college decision. It it alters your life. My college decision changed my life forever. Um, and these kids are doing the same thing. And it's not just academics. Of course, it's it's sports. They are making this decision that alters their life forever. And the NCAA is literally not allowing them to make that decision based on firsthand accounts. And this disproportionately, and hear me out here, this disproportionately affects the poorest kids. 
the kids that don't come from financial means. That's who this affects the most. Because as you guys know this, the official visits the schools can pay for. The schools cover all the costs and expenses and stuff when a kid comes and visits. So if a a young student athlete possibly comes from lacking financial means, which is a lot of them, by the way, uh, those kids can take all these visits and they get paid for, so it doesn't cost them anything. But right now, because the way the current system is set up, only the players that have financial means, and there's going to be a counter, and I need to make note of this. Uh, Only the kids that come from financial means can make these unofficial visits. The ones that can pay for flights and pay for hotels and do all this on their own. Not all these kids can do that. And a lot of people's reaction is, oh, well, the schools, they just get boosters to pay for official visits anyway. It's not about the rich schools with a lot of boosters. You think Southern Miss, for example, has a bunch of rich boosters that's handing out money for kids to take unofficial visits to their campus? You think they've got that kind of system? No. It's 130 teams in Division I college football. Only a, a percentage of them have rich boosters that are paying for the unofficial visits. The rest of them, they're kind of screwed. I mean, that's what's going on here is, is you've got these kids that, that would be recruited by high-level schools that aren't going to camps because they're not being held. And they can't visit these campuses because they can't afford it. And so here's the NCAA again making some kind of sweeping, just brash decision that affects the lives of these kids, and they don't even think about it because the kids don't matter. The same thing with this Josh Heupel story. The fact that Tennessee's allowed to block this kid from going where he wants to go to school, that's insane. They protect the the millionaire coaches and the multi-million dollar athletic departments and leave the kids out to dry. And here we are again. The, The kids are left out to dry. It's insane. Not letting these kids visit the schools that will change the trajectory of their life possibly forever. And here they are just not letting it happen. So now, on the recruiting side of things, here's Ole Miss and Mississippi State again, yet again, having to go through a recruiting cycle where they can't have kids visit their campus. So they're recruiting players now in the next cycle, that haven't visited their campus yet, that they can't hold camps, where in a lot of cases, these camps they have you know, on at their facilities will bring attention to kids that they didn't know existed. Guys from small towns or, or whatever that go to these camps and blow up, and suddenly they're highly recruited kids. Those can't happen. These kids can't visit the campus. That will alter their life. It's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Official visits can go on safely. They can. Right now, they can. Especially because cases are just plummeting. They're just plummeting everywhere. That doesn't mean you let your guard down or whatever. I I get it. But you can do official visits safely right now. Regular students can. Why can't student-athletes? It's just, it's crazy. We're going to do this for another year. Force kids to make college decisions based on Zoom calls instead of actually seeing the place in person. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, Leland Bulldog. Yeah, it is. And uh, yes, I am. Yeah, that's a good high. I can't believe you spotted that. But yeah, that's uh, that's what that is. Wow. Um, I was wondering when somebody would notice that. But yes, sir. Glad uh, glad you're with me. I can't believe that you you have the eagle eyes, man. You spotted the, the poster on my wall. That 
um, since you you noticed, that is a a pencil drawn um, Ohio Stadium where Ohio State plays. It's a pencil drawn one, uh, and that was their stadium in like 1965 or something like that. Um, that is a uh, that one is uh, a Furman Lewis Ivory signed. He won the um, Walter Payton Award, which is like the Heisman for the FCS. Um, that's uh, assigned Nick Mangold. He played center for the Jets. Um, all kinds of stuff up here. Anyway, good spot, man. Um, that's awesome. But yes, sir, I am. Um, glad you're with me this morning. So anyway, yeah, it, it's just insane. It, it's it's shameful what the NCAA is um, not allowing. These kids need to be allowed to visit their campuses and, and find out. Um, what the school that is recruiting them is really like and extending this dead period. It, it, it only hurts the kids, and most especially it only hurts the kids that don't come from financial means because they can't afford to take these unofficial visits like some other kids can. Um, it's, it just sucks. But here we are. Um, it's, it's the cop-out. It's the easy way out for sure. And the last thing for you before I let you go, this Carson Wentz trade. So I, I am not like Dan Orvlosky, who thinks that Carson Wentz now immediately becomes a league MVP candidate for signing with the Colts. I'm not that far yet, but I do think that Carson Wentz still has some ability left in him. And when you look at Indianapolis, now, could they have gotten better? Probably. Could they have drafted a quarterback? I think so. Um but when you look at Carson Wentz, I think there's some ability left in him. I think there's some good football left. And they've got an elite-level offensive line. They're going to add another one in the draft probably. But they're really good up front. They have really good running backs and a great defense. I think all they need is just competence at quarterback. You saw Phillip Rivers take them to the playoffs last year, almost win a playoff game, and that poor guy had a dead arm. I mean, he was just on the tail end of his career. They don't need exceptional quarterback play to win a division host playoff games, and win playoff games. They just need competence, really, at that spot. So I think this is actually a good pickup for Indianapolis. I know some people are kind of ripping on them today, but they didn't really give up a whole lot, right? They gave up a conditional second-round pick. It becomes a first-round pick if he plays over 75% of the snaps. And then next year's third-round pick. It's not really a whole lot to get your quarterback. So I think the Colts gave up really nothing to get this deal done. Um it's really not going to harm them that much. And then Philadelphia got rid of this insane contract. Now, they have a huge cap hit this year, but beyond that, they're done with the Wentz contract. So I think everybody wins here. A lot of these deals, you have to, you know, who wins the trade? Was it Philly or, or was it Indianapolis? Who won this trade? And I think they're both probably pretty happy today, and they should be. The Eagles got picks and got out of that bad contract, and the Colts have a pretty Decent roster, a really good roster right now, and a guy that I think has some upside uh, at that spot. So I think everybody kind of wins here. Sometimes it's okay to say, you know what, they both did. I, I don't know. I, I know that's that's not what you're supposed to do in this business, but I think, hey, you know, they both are probably pretty happy today. At least they should be. It's um, not the blockbuster or anything that the Deshaun Watson trade will be or that the Matt Stafford trade was, but I think it. It makes sense for everybody involved. Um, I think so, anyway. So, that's it for me. Enjoy your baseball this weekend. Flowsports.tv, I think I'm saying that correctly. Be careful with uh, your credit card on that site. 
Um, apparently, they are. It's very easy for them to bill you for the year, and that gets really expensive. Um, so be careful when you're buying the Flow Sports to watch your baseball this weekend because they can, the way it's set up, they can get you for the year. And obviously, you don't want to watch Flow Sports after Monday. So just be careful. I have uh, I have been warned about that. Uh, so I'll have to take the extra steps myself and um, enjoy your baseball this weekend. Sounds like it's actually going to happen. Weather outside is going to be cold, but they are in a in a dome, so it'll be seventy two and sunny inside. And uh, you'll get your baseball this weekend. Watch me on Sunday, Sports Sunday, uh, 8 to 10, supertalktv.com, or one of your local stations. Of course, our radio show every afternoon, Monday through Friday. And yeah, I'm everywhere. You can find me everywhere. And um, I'll be back with you, at least on this, on Monday. Y'all have a safe and good weekend. Hopefully you stay warm and your power gets restored if some of you are out of it. And like I said, enjoy your baseball. And I'll talk to you again on Monday. Talk Mississippi Media Production.